We are facing multiple crises at one time. A global pandemic, fluctuating financial markets, political turmoil, and social upheaval. One crisis is enough to deal with, but when presented with multiple crises, they begin to take an emotional and mental toll on us as individuals. Many are looking for help, but sadly, they're looking for help in all the wrong places. Our help is not going to come from politicians, entertainers, media personalities, talk show hosts, or self-help gurus. Psalm 121 presents the only one who can help when the going gets tough. Now Psalm 121 is part of a collection of psalms known as Psalms of Ascent or Psalms of Degrees. The Hebrew word translated ascent or degree comes from the verb to go up and it designates that these psalms were sung by the Jews as they journeyed up to Jerusalem, up to the, the, the mountain, to the temple for Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And it is a prayer for safety on one's journey. So when the going gets tough, Psalm 121, we're going to look at two things. First, in verses 1 and 2, we're going to see the need for God's help. And then verses 3 through 8, we're going to see the nature of God's help. So the need and nature of God's help. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Now notice verse 1 begins with a very powerful statement and more powerful question. He says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. And then here's the question. So he's looking up in the mountains and he asks this very powerful question. From whence or from where comes my help? Now the hills or the mountains, as I said a moment ago, were the, the mountains uh, there, Mount Moriah, that mountain range upon which uh, Jerusalem and the temple sat. It was the place where Yahweh dwelt. And the psalmist said he was lifting up his eyes to the mountain and looking for where his help or who his help would be. You know, the fact that he was lifting up his eyes suggests that our God is peerless. He is above us. He transcends us. You know, we are on earth, we are of the earth, and we must always lift up our eyes and look to heaven. And you know, as we think about what the psalmist is saying here, we need help far beyond our earthly means far beyond our limited resources, far beyond our human answers. You know, modern man has been so infected with the, this myth of autonomy, this myth of self-sufficiency. You know, modernism has told us that, you know, hey, listen, you can be the captain of your own fate. You are the commander of your own destiny. And yet a simple virus has brought the world to its knees. And so the only road to recovery from such an illusion of self-sufficiency and, and autonomy is one word, and that word is help. It's the admission that I have to ask someone for something beyond myself. We all are in that same position. We all are in the position where we have to ask someone for something beyond ourselves. And verse 2 is the answer. From where shall my help come? My help comes 
from the Lord who made heaven and earth. See, he moves his eyes beyond the mountains. And that's so often what we do. We look at the mountains. You know, we're looking up to those people that, you know, we think they've got all the answers. You know, the politicians and the entertainers and the media personalities and the talk show hosts and the self-help gurus. We need to get our eyes beyond them. And we need to look above those mountaintops. And we need to focus on the creator of the mountains. We need to lift our eyes up to the God who stands before his creation and outside of his creation. We need to lift up our eyes to the God who commanded the stars to appear in space. We need to lift up our eyes to the God who has commanded planet earth to orbit around the sun. We need to lift up our eyes to the God who orders our lives. It is the same God who made not only the earth, but the heavens, the angels, and all their host, the world, and as scripture says, and all that dwells within it. Heaven above, earth beneath, and the sea beyond. God made it all. And it is from there our help comes. Our help is in the Creator God. Our help is in no one else. If you're putting your hope and, and, you, and you're looking for help from all these other areas, I got news for you. They're all going to fail you. They're going to disappoint you. But God never fails. God never fumbles. He's a present help at all times. So we need God's help. There's no doubt about it. Now let's look at verses 3 through 8 and let's consider the nature of God's help, the nature of God's help. And I'm going to break this down, verses 3 to 4, verses 5 and 6, and then verses 7 and 8. And we're going to see three things about God's nature. Verses 3 and 4, God keeps us. Verses 5 and 6, God protects us. And verses 7 and 8, God preserves us. Now, it's interesting because as we go through Psalm 121, eight short verses... The same Hebrew word is used six times in the text. Okay? Same Hebrew word. The word is Samar. And it is the it begins here in verse uh, three. Uh, he who keeps you, okay. That word keeps, Samar. Uh, the Lord is your keeper, verse five. Uh, verse uh, seven, the Lord will protect, uh, he'll keep, he'll guard. Okay, all of those words are coming from the same Hebrew word. And yet, each one has a different connotation depending on how it's used in the sentence. And so we begin in verse 3 God keeps us, He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now the psalmist promises here he will not allow your foot to be moved. God's going to keep you. He is the firm foundation for our lives. He is called the rock of our salvation. That means he's the security. He's what, he is the guarantor of our salvation. And the only way in which you and I can be moved is for us to be standing on something that's not solid. Think about the house built on the sand. 
The storm came, and guess what happened? The waters washed away the sand, and the house went flat to the ground, collapsed. But yet the house that was built upon the rock, when the storms came, and the wind blew, and the waters rose, guess what? That house stood firm, because its foundation was built upon the solid rock. If you don't want to be moved by these current crises, and again, don't mistake me. That's not to say we don't have concerns. It's not to say we don't take precautions. That's not to say, you know, we, we don't, you know, be smart and, uh, you know, follow sound advice. But the only thing that's going to keep you from falling to pieces in the midst of all of these crises is having your foot or your feet solidly planted on the solid ground of God himself. And when we're anchored to him, we can deal with whatever comes. It may be hard, may be difficult, may at times feel like it's going to drown us, but as long as your feet are on that rock, guess what? You won't be moved. When you're united to the one who moves all things, ordains all things, directs all things, and controls all things, guess what? You will not be moved. And you know why we're on solid ground? Because God keeps us, and he will not slumber. He guards us, he protects us, he will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God is always awake. That means you can pray to him any time of the day or night. You can cry out to him anytime, anywhere. And he hears and he answers. He's always faithful. I mean, consider the fact that he's always faithful to his people. He says, I've kept Israel because I don't slumber or sleep. And he'll do the same for you and me as his covenant people. He's placed a special mantle of protection around us. Just as he kept Israel of old, he keeps his church. Because he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Now think about this. You know, we age. And as we age, we grow weary. We become exhausted. But here is the everlasting one who does not age, who does not grow weary, who does not become exhausted. That's how he keeps you. You never have to worry that for a moment God's going to nod off and he's going to miss something. God's not going to miss a thing. Well, he might not hear my phone call because he might be sleeping. He's never asleep. He knows your every moment. His eye is ever upon you. He keeps us. Verse 5 and 6, he protects us. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. Here it tells us that God not only keeps us, but God protects us. The idea of being our keeper is our protector. We're in his protective hand. Look at the confession there. Uh, the Lord is your keeper. What does that mean? It means that he is your personal bodyguard, if you will. Notice that the psalmist continues. He'll be the shade at your right hand. He literally is shading you protecting you from whatever harm may come. 
He cast his shadow over you. He stands between you and the sun's deadly ultraviolet rays, if you will. Now, again, let's not take this out of the context and think that you can go sit on the beach and not put any sun lotion, suntan lotion on because, well, God said he's going to protect me from in his shadow and therefore I'm not going to get sunburned. Well, you're just a fool. you got no common sense. God did give you brain, okay? You need to use it. What he's talking about here, he's using this illusion of, of if you were sitting in a sh the shade of an umbrella or something of that nature, how it, does how it protects you from the sun. We are not only faced with the threat of the day, however, there's also the danger at night. The moon, it says. The moon by night. You know, we're not only faced with the, with sunstroke, but, uh, you know, there's the danger of being moonstruck. You know, people have always known about sunstroke and have long feared the possibility of being moonstruck as well. In other words, we're guarded against fears, both rational, okay, there's a rational fear of being sunburnt and the dangers that come with overexposure to the sun, and then there's being moonstruck. There's irrational fears. Well, God's going to protect us from both. You don't need to fear the evil, whether in the daylight or in the darkness. No evil befalls us when we are shadowed by God. Now, again, don't be stupid. Don't take the text out of its context and think, man, I'm going to go walk down the most dangerous street in the USA in the middle of the night, and nobody's going to lay a hand on me. Well, you're just foolish, okay? Stop taking the Bible out of its context. As well, this verse, these two verses here, does not mean that adversity is not going to come into our life. Nor does it mean that we're going to always enjoy perfect health and wealth. Again, take the verse out of, the, out of its context and you'll reach that conclusion. The fact is, however, the psalmist cried out for help because why? He's in difficulty. He's crying out to God to intervene. See, God does not promise that we'll never have problems, but He does promise to be with us in our problem. He assures us that nothing, no problem that's going to come at you is going to touch your soul and separate you from His love. And because He guards us, He knows our eternal destiny is held securely in His hand. And whatever God allows at us to get to us, understand this, it's for our good. So God keeps us, God protects us, and verse 7 and 8, God preserves us. The Lord will protect you from all evil, He'll keep your soul, the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. You see, God does not merely protect us from physical evil, He protects us from personal evil. He will protect. Now hear the word protect, again it's that word samar, but the, the way it's being used gives the idea of preserving. Okay. Now, does that mean he's going to preserve us from sickness? No. Does it mean he's going to preserve us from sorrow? No. Does it mean he's going to preserve us from suffering? No. Notice, he will preserve, he'll keep your soul. What he means is, no sin, no attack from the world, the flesh, or the devil can take us away from him. He guards us to eternity. He keeps us as we go in and as we come out. That going and coming in is used in Deuteronomy 31.2 and 2 Kings 11 verse 8 talking about daily work. So the Lord's going to guard you going out and you're coming in. As you go to work and come home from work, God's going to guard you. He's going to guard your soul. 
And how long is he going to do that for? From this time forth, even forevermore. Starting now, or starting the moment of your salvation, and throughout all eternity. That's the help we need. This is the help we get. God watches over us along life's journey. And as the one who watches us, he is the one who protects us. He protects us all the time. Even when we're sleeping, his watchful eye is ever upon us. He never tires, he never sleeps. Through the night and through the day, protecting our soul from all harm. Not from a distance, but right beside us. Look again, look at verse 5. He's the shade in your right hand. The reason he uses right hand, the idea of the right hand there, it's the, the hand of friendship, to be side by side with us. While the ancient Israelites would never have needed shade from the scorching sun, we need protection uh, from the hostile forces that are operating all around us in this life. And the promise of this psalm is that the Lord will keep us from all evil as we look to Him as the source, the ultimate source, the only source of our help. In all of our comings and goings, the Lord will keep us and watch over us, not only today, not only tomorrow, but in and throughout all eternity. So my friends, when the going gets tough, cry out to God. When the going gets tough, you need God's help. And let me tell you something, He'll keep you, He'll protect you, He'll preserve you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the precious words you've given us here in Psalm 121. And Father, this, rem this constant reminder that we so desperately need, that you are our help. You're there. And so oftentimes our eyes are looking at the mountains when we need to look beyond the mountains. So Lord, get our eyes off the mountaintops. Get our eyes off of the, the celebrities and the stars and the politicians and this one and that one. And get our eyes on you. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to keep us, you're going to preserve us, and you're going to protect us. Nothing is going to separate us from your love. Nothing is going to rob us of the security that we have in thee. Because, Lord, you're not far from us. You're very near. You're a present help in our time of need. And I thank and praise you that we can call out to you, cry out to you, implore you, plead with you, beg you, whatever. And you always hear us and you always answer. Thank you for that. We pray in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.